The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zinn for a spin. Zinn nicotine pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction. Anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Get in gear with the Zinn 10 Challenge and enjoy 10 smoke-free, spit-free days for just $5.95. Order online and start your new journey today. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. Amazing. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, your exercise, and medication decisions. All those decisions can lead to big results like more time in range and a lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. Thanks, Dexcom, for being our partner. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count for your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace now online at CrimeOnline.com and on Sirius XM 132. A beloved radio host, an alleged drug ring, a pagan motorcycle gang, and a murder for hire. Yes, my mom, she's lying on the floor in her bedroom. I feel like I'm living like the worst TV movie that... You can't even make up these details and someone would believe that and this is my life. And he has a weapon. Drop the gun! Drop the gun! Hey! Drop the gun! Drop the gun! Sir! It, it's so surreal because I've been waiting for this for five years. She's young. She's beautiful. She has a gorgeous daughter, a happy family, a an incredible home. It looks like it's out of a magazine. And just to top it all off, she's one of the most famous radio DJs in a top 10 city as far as media goes. I'm talking about Philadelphia. She's married to a husband, a well-known endocrinologist. I mean, it, it, it looks, how could you even write a story, a success story like that. April Kaufman, until she's found dead. 
We have been on the case from the get-go. Has the case cracked wide open? I'm Nancy Grace. This is Crime Stories. Thank you for being with us. I want to start at the very beginning. Let's break it down and put it back together again. Chuck Roberts, Vincent Hill, Dr. Daniel Bober, and Wendy Patrick with me, along with Alan and Jackie, as always. First to you, Chuck Roberts, Crime Stories investigative reporter. Let's start with the discovery of April's body. Take me back to that day. Tell me what happened. May 10th, 2012, uh, the couple, as you said, had a beautiful home, heated uh, pool outside, a 7,000-square-foot home in Linwood, New Jersey, outside Atlantic City. A handyman found her body on... Hold on. Whoa, whoa. Sorry, 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 sorry. 7,000-square-foot home. Yep. Five... Whoa. Five bedrooms, seven baths. Uh, in-ground pool in the back. It was quite a quite a property. He was doing well. He was a very very successful endocrinologist. I think my apartment is like twelve hundred square feet, Alan Duke. My apartment is like twelve hundred square feet, and um, m- maybe maybe fourteen hundred, and that's me, David, and the children. And sometimes I, I am irritated would have to get up and run down the hall to try to find one of the children so okay let me let me take this in did you say seven thousand square feet in heated pool exactly not bitter not bitter okay <laughs> go ahead go ahead i'm off the house now i'm moving on to the body i'm sorry that just caught my attention i could i couldn't help it wendy patrick southern california prosecutor don't judge me okay i i you know it was like when i was prosecuting still wendy i don't know if this ever happens to you but i would be working on the weekends of course we had no money in the prosecutor's office if i had asked the elected DA, then the longest-serving DA in the country, 37 years, Lewis Slayton. I think it was 37. For money, we wouldn't even know what I was talking about. So I would be going to buy my own poster board and markers and blah, blah, blah on the weekends trying to get my opening and closing statements together. And I would be on the floor working or trying to find witnesses and and you know, crack houses and whorehouses and you name it. And I would turn on the Martha Stewart show in the background. Okay. And that's the one she had, Wendy. I don't know if you ever saw this where she, I think she shot it at her real home. I wouldn't be surprised. (laughs) And I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, and it was just beautiful. And she would make seemingly make something beautiful out of nothing. And, I think it was just like a fantasy, like an escape from what I'm doing. So don't judge me, okay? Let me look into their beautiful home for a moment, okay? No judging. Back to you. Chuck Roberts, I'm off the 7,000-square-foot home in the heated pool. Now, tell me about the dead body. A uh, handyman found the body um, and called 911. Handyman. Yes, uh, on May 10th of 2012. This is uh, April Kaufman. Uh, and found her unresponsive. Don't get mad, Chuck. Don't get mad. Wendy Patrick, as a veteran prosecutor, <laughs> you immediately look at who found the body. Oh, absolutely. A handyman with yeah, access that's... to the home? <laughs> yeah. 
That's a, that's a great point. One, no doubt, that was explored uh, uh, very well between then and now, which is interesting that no charges came against him. So it sounds like he was clean. Yeah, I'm sure that's the first thing police did is hone in on the handyman who finds the dead body. All right, Chuck Roberts. Sorry about that. Go ahead. Well, he reported that she had uh, had cuts on her hand when, in fact, she'd been shot twice. Mm. Uh, and uh, they responded, obviously, and found her with multiple gunshots. Wait, wait, wounds. wait, wait. You're going so fast. You're going so fast. Did you say it's like drinking out of a fire hydrant? Hold on. All right. Multiple gunshot wounds, and she's got cuts on her hands. Vincent Hill, private investigator. Vincent, that screams defensive wounds to me, but I, I, I'm not sure. What does it say to you? Cuts on her hands, but she was shot dead, multiple gunshot wounds. Yeah, Nancy, it could either be defensive wounds or it could have been that the handyman saw blood on her hands that she likely held her gunshot wounds trying maybe to stop the bleeding. And, you know, a lot of people that aren't trained on crime scenes and trained on these types of injuries could misconceived something for uh, something other than it was. So he may have seen the blood. It could have been defensive wounds or she could have, you know, been uh, holding those wounds. Yeah, you know what? You're right. I remember with the body of Travis Alexander and a lot of bodies that I uh, represented those dead victims in court. There's so much blood. You can't tell what it is. You don't know if like they didn't know if Travis Alexander at first had been shot multiple times, stabbed multiple times. There was so much blood covering his body. You can't tell. You have to get the body to the ME's medical examiner's office, the morgue, the coroner's, for them to clean the body and process the body to determine what really happened. So let, let's start right there. You know what I love, Wendy Patrick? I don't know if you feel the same way, but... I love playing a 911 call because it takes me and the jury back to that moment. And no matter how many times I listen to a 911 call, very often I will learn something new. It might be very small. But I learned something new. Do you feel the same way, Wendy? Absolutely. And you know the demeanor and tone of voice you and I have probably Mm -hmm. both used to gauge the authenticity and the veracity of what's being said on that call. There's just so many vocal cues that there's just no other way to be able to discern. And that really struck me in this case, listening to the 911 call, is he didn't sound guilty. And, you know, even though, as has been pointed out aptly, you know, he may have uh, misperceived and and misreported what he saw, he sounded like he was telling the truth. I agree with you. Right. I agree, Wendy Patrick. I mean, here's the deal. 911 calls, blood spatter, you know, I could talk about that all day. Hey, let's stop. Dr. Daniel Bober, please, forensic psychiatrist joining me, please listen along with me. To the 911 call reporting April Kaufman, beautiful mom and popular DJ, dead. 911, where's your emergency? Yes, I have my bosses down. Her, she's got a cut on her arm. Okay, where are you, sir? Two Woodstock Drive, Linwood. Two Woodstock Drive? Yes, ma'am. Okay, hold on. I'm transferring you to the rescue operator. You stay on the line one minute. Okay. In Linwood? Yes. Yep. Okay, actually, he's he's actually calling calling the the 911 right now. Am 
Yes, my boss, she's lying on the floor in her bedroom, okay. and she's got a cut on her arm, and she's not answering me. Yeah, oh yeah, Who she's, would she's, stop she's drive? actually going out now. I'm, I'm just letting you know Who that they've already called us, and I'm one So it's interesting to me, to Dr. Daniel Bober, forensic psychiatrist, is joining me again. Thank you, Dr. Bober. Uh, Dr. Bober, I find it interesting relationship wise that he refers to her as his boss that's how he says my boss and that tells me a lot about their relationship that it's not um, very personal seems uh, sort of cold and sort of uh, all business i think you're right i don't know that i would call it cold but i would agree it's a business relationship and if the handyman is going to kill april then you would expect there would have been more of a relationship, some anger or something to cause a murder. Again, to me, that rules out the handyman. So this woman, April Kaufman, is found dead. Found dead shot in the couple's bedroom with lacerations apparently to her hands and arms. Officers from the Linwood PD respond to the call at Woodstock Drive in Linwood. When they get there, what do they find, Chuck Roberts, exactly? That uh, her body is lying face down uh, in the bedroom, uh, and the medical examiner, as you said, uh, was called, and uh, apparently she'd been shot twice, although the medical examiner uh, reported multiple gunshot wounds. So uh, twice, apparently, is the, is the final verdict on the number of uh, rounds. Uh, and then Kaufman, the, the husband, Dr. James Kaufman, known to his patients as Dr. Jim, by the way, uh, told police he'd been at work and he denied uh, any involvement at all uh, when he got to the residence. So he had been at work. Right. And Vincent Hill, there were plenty of people to give him uh, an airtight alibi. He was, in fact, at work at the time she shot dead. Yeah, but here's the thing, Nancy. You don't have to be at the scene of a murder to be behind the murder, right? Of course, you... if. You, Anytime you're looking at a spouse, you're probably prime suspect number one. So you want to remove yourself from that scene as much as you can. So, of course, this doctor would be away from that scene. Gunned down in her own master bedroom, this talk show host who had very widely campaigned for veterans is dead in her upscale Linden home. Now, police start the search, the search for a suspect and the murder of this much-loved DJ and mom. Again, her husband, Dr. James Kaufman, says his wife was asleep when he leaves for work that morning. He heads to work. You know, you can tell based on rigor, rigor mortis, very often how long a body has been dead. Dr. Daniel Bober, based on rigor, they determined that she was, in fact, shot after he goes to work. So how do you tell that, Dr. Bober? You're not just a psychiatrist, you're an MD as well. Nancy, what happens is there are changes in the proteins of the muscles that during, after death, because there's no blood, there's no perfusion, there's no oxygen, these proteins break down, which cause the muscles to become stiff, which is how you get rigor mortis. So to put it in regular people talk, Dr. Daniel Bober, (laughs) you stiffen up. You stiffen up when your blood stops flowing, oxygen is no longer going to the various parts of your body, and your body becomes stiff. Now, after a number of hours, the rigor loosens up, but in this 
instance, they could tell based on lividity. Lividity is where your blood is in your body. In other words, you fall flat on your face. All the blood in your body stops circulating and goes down to the lowest level. It's cooling. Yes, Correct. cooling. And they could tell from that as well because that takes a certain amount of time to do. Also, you can tell from the temperature of the body. Once you die, your body immediately starts losing temperature and you essentially become the temperature of the ambient room around you. So there's many ways to tell how long she had been dead and she absolutely was shot after the husband goes to work. Her bullet-riddled body was found at 11.30 a.m. that Thursday by a houseworker who called 911. That's what we know. Now, she was shot multiple times in the bedroom. That's about 12 miles away from one of the gambling capitals of the world, Atlantic City. Our investigation into the brutal murder of wife, mother, veterans advocate, and popular DJ April Kaufman. Why did it have to happen? We couldn't do that without our partners. Our partner, LegalZoom, is making our program possible. And here's my question to you. What will be your story in 2018? The holiday rush is over. I can't blame that anymore. LegalZoom can help you make this the big year. Before all the distractions take hold, the year you finally get serious about launching and running your own business. Rest easier, knowing your family's future is squared away with the right estate plan. LegalZoom has been helping people like us take care of dreams and responsibilities over 16 years. Going on 20 years, they've been helping people. The good news is they're not a law firm. But they have a nationwide network of independent lawyers to keep you on the right path, including legal advice at your fingertips. Whether you want to take your business to the next level or take control of your family's future with an estate plan, LegalZoom plugs right into your life so you can take care of the things that matter the most. You know, I heard a quote the other day. I think it was by um, Eisenhower. It was, what is urgent may not be important. What is important may not be urgent. In other words, did I pay that bill? Did I this? Did I that? It seems so important, but really it's not not always as important as you think. It's the big things in life, like have I taken care of my family's future? It doesn't seem urgent, but it's so important. And that is when LegalZoom enters. Get off to a strong start in 2018 at LegalZoom.com. Get special savings when you enter Nancy, N-A-N-C-Y, in the promo box at checkout. LegalZoom, where life meets legal. LegalZoom, thank you not only for being our partner today, but for what you are doing for Americans all across the country every day. Guys, we're diving right back into the murder of April Kaufman because in the last hours, there's been a very big break in the case. Atlantic City, one of the gambling capitals of the world. And coincidentally, not too far from there, this woman is found dead, multiple gunshot wounds in the master bedroom of her home. So 
we've established a business relationship between her and the handyman. Her daughter is an adult, uh, well, almost an adult, and she is, has an alibi for that day. I, we, I established that. Daughter, very loving, idolized her mom, not a suspect. We've established the husband left that morning before she was shot based on forensics evidence. He had an airtight alibi. He was at work seeing patients. So what happens? The case seemingly goes cold. Joining me, Chuck Roberts, Vincent Hill, Dr. Daniel Bober, and Wendy Patrick. Wendy Patrick, Southern California prosecutor. When your case goes cold, what do you do? Well, you've got to warm up the cold case, Nancy. And the only way to do that is reopen it as if it was just assigned to you. You remember the the thrill of getting a great new case and it just happened. It's all over the news. It's difficult to recreate that momentum, but that's what cold case units do is if there's a break, it's assigned to somebody and it's worked up as if it were a fresh case. And that apparently is what happened here, which led to the accumulation of evidence that finally was able to get us the breaks that we needed. Neighbors uh, stated that they witnessed Dr. Kaufman distressed arriving at the murder scene, telling them his wife was asleep with a pillow over her face when he went to work early, early that morning. I'm just imagining it all play out in my mind. She's asleep, Dr. Bober, forensic psychiatrist. She's got the pillow over her face. He gets up quietly and leaves the house so he won't wake her up. Let's take a look at him. He was wanting to leave his practice. He wanted, he had been working for years. They had bought a home in Arizona and they wanted to relocate. So what does this mean to him that he no longer has a wife? What do you go through when you lose a spouse? Not only lose them, but lose them in a violent manner. And, and nobody knows what really happened. That's, that's pain compounded. Nancy, we know that the two most stressful things that could happen to someone in their life is the death of a spouse or the death of a child. Uh, and people who experience these events uh, are essentially devastated. You would be uh, incapacitated and you probably would not be able to work, not be able to function for a certain period of time. They are in a state of shock, uh, and it takes them a long time to be able to even return to life, which, as we know, will never be normal. One person seemed to be very sure who was the killer, and that is April Kaufman's daughter. From the very beginning, she said she knew. She knew who did it. Joining me is Alan Duke in L.A., Jackie Howard with me here in the studio. Alan, the daughter, always claimed she knew what happened. Tell me. Yes, and in fact, she she filed a civil suit against her stepfather. A wrong. So her husband, Dr. Kaufman, is not the bio dad of the daughter? No, this is her stepfather. Mm-mm. So... So there you add that layer of it. But she was always suspicious of him. She was pushing for investigators and the prosecutor to do something for years. And finally, when this new uh, prosecutor came on board, it was right about the same time that she had a law firm ready to file a civil suit against her stepfather, which is now pending. So 
way before a crack in the case, the daughter of April Kaufman files a civil suit. Her name is Kim Pack. From the very beginning, she said, I don't care if he had an alibi. I don't care if my mom somehow was murdered after he left. He did it. I don't know how he did it, but he did it. And I'm going to prove he did it. That is what the daughter said, and she never, ever stopped. So what was uncovered to Chuck Roberts, Crime Stories investigative reporter, how did it unfold? It really unfolded when uh, she asked James Kaufman for a divorce, and he wouldn't give it to her. Uh, And the tension grew and grew, and obviously the daughter had to be uh, privy to that. I mean, her mom was in distress. So uh, I did the, not know, the world did not know that she, April, wanted a divorce and Kaufman wouldn't do it. I mean, really, if somebody wants a divorce, why do you want them anyway? Let them go. I know you're hurt. I know you're hurt. I know you're broken in half. But who wants somebody that doesn't want to be with them? For Pete's sake, there's somebody else out there. No offense, you men on the panel, but... My mother always said, men are like buses. There'll be a new one in 15 minutes. Well, another one will just come right along. I'm not suggesting you're interchangeable, Alan Duke. Don't get all crazy. But, I mean, if she wants a divorce, give her a divorce. But he said no. He he was quoted as saying he didn't want to give up half of his financial empire. And that's what the divorce, you know, would entail. Uh Division of assets. He didn't want to give up half of his financial empire, half of his assets. Well, Dr. Daniel Bober, forensic psychiatrist, there's nothing to make a woman feel wanted than to tell her, well, I would divorce you, but I'd lose half my money. You know, that, that really warms your heart. Nancy, this is something I see in my patients all the time, especially uh, people have been married for years. Uh, a lot of times they'll stay in relationships that are not healthy or they're not, they don't find fulfilling specifically for that reason, uh, because they don't want to lose the money. And it sounds like, uh, sort of an evil motivation to stay, but very often that is the motivator. Well, I, I, I tell you, I, that made me a little bit suspicious when he didn't want to split his income, but that's pretty common. But what really raised the hair on the back of my neck is when he did not want to hand over a DNA sample. That is what made me suspicious. Listen to this. How do you feel about the prosecutor requesting a DNA sample from James Kaufman? You know, I think that I've been waiting for a very long time for any kind of movement. And I feel like I've been in this by myself. So when I heard, just like the rest of the population, that um, the news had reported that they were requesting a DNA sample... I was overwhelmed with uh, so many emotions. I can't even explain. Um, Just for the fact that this means something maybe to this current prosecutor and that there is forward progression. Like I said to you um, in the past, I can't pretend to know why or what they're using this for. Um, They keep their criminal um, investigation very close to their chest. Um, But it, it... It's so surreal because I've been waiting for this for five years. To Wendy Patrick, Southern California prosecutor, Wendy, when people refuse to submit to a lie detector or a DNA test or come in for questioning, immediately, that doesn't make them guilty, but immediately, to me, it makes 
them very suspicious. You know, it certainly does. And it's interesting you chose the examples you did, because obviously the lie detector test, uh, although it's not admissible in court, it is an investigative tool that we use. And sometimes it's precisely for the reason you cite. It's because it's credibility that counts in every single case, no matter who you are. Now, the inability or the unwillingness, whichever it is, to submit to forensics, whether it's DNA, whether it's some other kind of a sample, hair, saliva, however you get it, uh, whether or not you've got a constitutional right to refuse, which of course is always being litigated, the fact that you refuse is often a fact in the case, sometimes something the jury ends up finding out about that makes you look guilty. So you've got him refusing to give his DNA. He has not been named a suspect or a person of interest. There's no way the police can make him give DNA. If you are a suspect, then a warrant can be obtained. And you can be forced to give your DNA. The Constitution does not protect you from giving, for instance, DNA or a writing exemplar or coming to a lineup. You have to do that under the law. Okay. But you can, of course, insist on your right to remain silent. But since he wasn't named a suspect, they couldn't force him to give DNA. Over and over, the daughter continued to claim the stepfather is the killer. Still, nothing would make him hand over DNA or really even cooperate. So what finally happened? A new DA came in, including a fleet of new investigators. The investigators worked the streets and began to hear rumors about irregularities within Kaufman's clinic. Fantastically profitable clinic to chuck roberts crime stories investigative reporter what happens then this case was cold for so long generated a lot of social media uh facebook page justice for april kaufman was started um and really not much happened until a new district attorney uh, came on the scene and decided to really dig into this and assign a lot of prosecutors and resources uh, to solving this crime and took a hard look at what Dr. Kaufman was up to, uh, and um, later found out that he was involved uh, with uh, sort of a pill mill. Who saw that coming? Not me. This prominent New Jersey doctor in the shadows of Atlantic City gambling capital and an illegal prescription drug ring with a motorcycle gang. Exactly. The Pagan Outlaws, which had their biggest chapter uh, in Philadelphia and, and just across about 90 miles away. Uh, yeah, uh, Kaufman was at the top, uh, according to prosecutors, of a drug distribution hierarchy. Uh, and he did it with the help of the Pagan Outlaws. Uh, and they would send him uh, clients and he would, for $1,000, write them prescriptions for uh, Percocet or uh, any other kind of opioid that was on the market, oxycodone, oxycontin, uh, and then uh, the motorcycle gang intermediary would resell it uh, using the gang to others on the street. Uh, and that went on for years. In fact, it went on for five years. Police, they get a search warrant, but it didn't go down the way they planned. As a matter of fact, there was a standoff Dr. Kaufman refused to let police in the door. In fact, he held himself hostage. Yeah, you heard me right. This prominent doctor, he's rolling in money, 
holds himself hostage with a gun to his head. Listen to this. Don't. Coming back, coming back, coming back. Hold on, he's coming out. He's coming out. District 5, District 5, we got one at gunpoint. We have one at gunpoint. Dr. James Kaufman. 5-11, I have one at gunpoint. Dr. James Kaufman, he has a weapon. Drop the gun! Drop the gun! Hey! Drop the gun! Drop the gun! Sir! Drop the gun! Just drop... Drop the gun, let's talk. Uh, Sir, just search. drop the gun. Sir, no, we have a search warrant. We have a search warrant. You're not under arrest. Listen. Search you are not under arrest. Your office and your house. Oh. Your purse. I don't believe it. Yes, we do. No, I'm not going to jail for this. Sir, we just have search warrants. That's it. Put the weapon down. No. Drop the weapon. Listen, let's talk. I'm going to kill myself. I take it, Alan Duke. He did not make good on his threat and kill himself. No, it, it was a false threat. So, you know, I've always been fascinated, Wendy Patrick, with people that held themselves hostage. It really came to the forefront when O.J. Simpson took that little ride with his buddy A.C. Cowlings and had a gun on himself. I'm like, I, I didn't get it. So he held himself hostage, Wendy. Yeah, you, you buy yourself time that way as you try to decide what to do next. We see this in a lot of different types of cases, but it's another incident where you can count that as consciousness of guilt. And, you know, it's it's different if you are overcome with grief after having lost a spouse, as we've discussed earlier. It is also different when you have reactions uh, other than uh, holding yourself hostage. There's just not an innocent way in most cases to interpret that type of evidence. And it always winds its way into the trial and normally in a fashion that doesn't help the defendant. You know, I'm always suspicious, Vincent Hill, private investigator. What if cops said, okay, go ahead, shoot yourself. We're not going to deal with your kidnapper's demands when you're holding yourself hostage. I mean, it's like you put the skids on everything when you put a gun to your head. Right. I I don't think police would, would definitely say that, Nancy, but I think what they were concerned with Although he did have the gun pointed at himself, if you watch the body cam footage, police kept their guns, you know, drawn on him because at any given moment he could have turned that gun around and shot police. So I think they handled it the way they they should have handled it based on their training and based on what I saw in that video. Oh, yeah. Of course they did the right thing, Vincent Hill, because they could easily turn the gun on innocent people in the clinic or on the cops. So long story short, you got the husband who has an airtight alibi who forensically could not have been there at the time of the incident, refusing to give his DNA, clamming up, and then holding himself hostage when cops want to look in his clinic. Who saw that coming? Not me. But this civil lawsuit filed by the daughter, Kim Pack, threatened to expose everything a divorce threatened to expose everything if a if a forensic accountant had gotten into his business and followed the money trail they would have found this opioid drug ring in a new york minute 
Guys, we're diving right back into the murder of April Kaufman because in the last hours, there's been a very big break in the case. But I want to switch gears. Everyone is talking about superfoods. I read about it in every magazine. I hear about it on TV. I didn't even know what it was. What's a superfood? And then every time there seems to be a new superfood. It's broccoli. It's this. When I heard it was sunchokes, I didn't even know what a sunchoke was. But I started looking up what are superfoods. They are nutritionally dense foods, very beneficial to your health. Did you know that beets are one of the most powerful superfoods you can put in your body? Loaded with an important nutrient that increases your blood flow and that increases your energy. Enter super beets. Really, who has time to buy, prepare, cook, and eat that many beets a day? I do not. Now you get the energy benefits of beets in a powerful concentrated superfood drink, Super Beets. Only Super Beets made from beets grown to exacting standards. Then they are concentrated down into superfood crystals you mix with water. And it's delicious. Super Beets promotes your body's own natural ability for healthy circulation, increased energy and stamina all day long. That's what healthy circulation does. Your blood takes oxygen to every part of your body, every organ of your body to increase your energy. And I need energy. I get up at 5.30 every morning and go to bed around midnight. Yes, I know I'm burning the candle at both ends, but you got to do what you got to do. And Super Beats helps me get the energy I need to keep going. If you want the benefits of a powerful superfood and you need the energy like I do, call 800-516-0683 or go online to nancysbeats.com. N-A-N-C-Y-S-B-E-E-T-S dot com. With your first order, you get a whole 30-day supply of Super Beats free in addition to your order, plus indicator strips to see how Super Beats working for you, plus free shipping. Call 800-516-0683 or go to nancysbeats.com today. 800-516-0683. Super Beats, thanks for the energy. You really are a superfood. Back to the Atlantic City area and the death of April Kaufman. Who would have thunk it? Who would have thunk it? To Dr. Daniel Bober, you're the forensic psychiatrist. How does a prominent, rich, educated endocrinologist get hooked up with the pagan outlaw motorcycle gang? Can somebody tell me that, Bober? Nancy, you know what? Uh, there's this book called Sharks and Suits, and it talks about how even the most successful people, in fact, some of the most successful people, are just antisocial. They're just evil. They are cunning. They don't have remorse. They steal. They lie. They cheat. And very often that's how they become successful. So this story doesn't surprise me uh, so much. It just shows that you really don't know what's going on uh, under the surface. And there's a lot of uh, wolves out there in sheep's clothing. If I had had any idea, Wendy Patrick, veteran prosecutor, in Southern California, that this doctor was hooked up with a motorcycle gang. No offense to motorcycle gangs. I've put many of them on the stand as witnesses, and they were very believable. But if I had known he was hooked up with the pagan outlaws, 
I would immediately try to connect the two in this murder. So, Wendy Patrick, that is that how he did it? Yeah, you know, it's so it's so interesting. We've got Dr. Bober talking about one of my favorite books, Snakes and Suits, which is about psychopathy in the workplace. Fascinating. And we've got the motorcycle gang, which is a stereotype. So you look at the two and think there's got to be some connection beyond what meets the eye. And you wonder if maybe this is what April knew. Uh, and for her, of course, justice delayed has not been justice denied. We now have a, a murder charge. But she knew, she could tell, whether it's based on these associations or the dynamics she saw behind the scenes, that her stepfather didn't need to have been there to have been, been behind the attack. So his affiliation with the motorcycle gang was definitely a red flag out of the ordinary, something to be explored for sure, and actually did end up coming to fruition and giving us the context that we now find really did play a role in the murder. To Chuck Roberts, Crime Stories investigative reporter, Chuck Roberts, how did it all go down? What what, was the doctor connected to a motorcycle gang through the illegal drug ring? Exactly. That's that's the connection. And apparently that was uh, uncovered as a result of the the raid uh, on the doctor's office uh, back in June. Uh, He was hooked up with a guy named Ferdinand Augello uh, of the Pagan Outlaws. Uh, and then solicited, because he was being threatened by his wife for exposure, uh, a hit on his wife through the pagan outlaws. And Augello recruited, at the end of about an 18-month search, uh, an associate uh, of the pagan outlaws, a guy named Frank Mulholland, uh, who police say uh, was the one who uh, entered the home and, and shot April Kaufman. Wow. So... According to the daughter, Kim Pack, this is how he did it. Why are there six pagan outlaws charged, including two women? Chuck Roberts, what did they have to do with it? Well, one of them, um, uh, the wife of Augello, uh, who is 15 years younger than her husband, um, and who has a, was a successful uh, businesswoman herself, uh, was the paymaster. Uh, the police say that uh, she was the one who delivered the $20,000 payoff uh, to the hitman, Frank Mulholland. So that's her alleged role in this. Uh, the others were just involved in supplying a, a regular supply of, uh, of uh, clients to the doctor uh, who would write these phony prescriptions for Percocet and Oxycontin and Oxycodone at $1,000 a pop. Uh, they, were, they, they supplied him uh, with those customers, basically, and they are part of that same criminal conspiracy. You know, another thing that happened, I mean, it all goes back, in my mind, to the love of money. Not money as the root of all evil, the love of money. Because this guy would not divorce April because he didn't want to give up half his empire. If he had, he'd still be in his practice running his drug ring right now, living in his 7,000 square foot mansion with a heated pool. But no, he did not want to split the money. He then, as soon as his wife died, tried to file for two life insurance policies. I mean, there was no end to his greed. His greed, his love of money. So I want you to hear this, the press announcement that so many people had been waiting for. Listen to the Atlantic County prosecutor 
Damon G. Tyner. Today, James Kaufman, age 69, and Ferdinand Augello, age 62, were charged with murder in connection with the death of April Kaufman, in addition to racketeering related to the illegal distribution of narcotics through Kaufman's former medical practice. Additionally, Augello is charged with conspiracy to commit the murder of James M. Kaufman. Upon information and belief known to my office, an individual named Francis Frank Mulholland was paid a sum of money to kill April Kaufman. Almost 18 months after April Kaufman's murder, uh, Frank Mulholland died in October of 2013 uh, by, at the time, what was determined to be an accidental drug overdose. Investigation, we determined that a long-term alliance between members of the Pagan Outlaw Motorcycle Gang and James Kaufman was created for the mutual financial gain through the use of Kaufman's medical practice for illegal drug distribution. Uh, this relationship ultimately culminated on May 10, 2012 with the murder for hire of April Kaufman. Prior to 2011, Defendant Kaufman and Ferdinand Algello had a relationship which centered around the medical practice. And in the summer of 2011, James Kaufman solicited Algello to murder his wife. So I want you to hear this. This is Kim Pack, her daughter, speaking after the blockbuster announcement. Her stepfather has been charged in her mother's murder. Listen to the daughter who said earlier, my life was changed forever that day. As you can imagine, today is a very, very difficult day for me. A lot of mixed emotions. Um, as a victim, you know, May 10th, 2012, um, forever changed my life. I um, have been waiting patiently for justice. And today, I was lucky enough to be granted justice. I do understand that this is going to be a very long process, and this is by no means over. I think for the first time today, I can actually breathe. For the past five and a half years, I have feel, I've felt like I've been holding my breath on a daily basis. I couldn't even begin to describe to you today um, the emotions that I feel. I feel like I'm standing before you and I'm, I'm shaking. Wendy Patrick, I don't know about you, but I, I remember I hadn't been at the prosecutor's office too, too long when I got called to the DA's office. And I walked in, he was reading the paper. I said, Mr. Slayton. And I wouldn't dare have sat down for Pete's sake. I just stood there and he lowered the paper. He goes, yeah, Nancy, I got a, a case. I, I need you to put it back together. It got reversed. Uh, his name Hamilton. Uh, yes, sir. I left. I had no idea. This case occurred many, many years before, before I even entered law school. Two guys gunned down um, the brother of an Atlanta police officer as he was on his back terrace with his fiancée toasting their engagement. That just happened. And the case was in such disarray, I went to the evidence room. I mean, the case had been tried one, the people were sentenced and had gone up on appeal three times. And then it came back down. 14 years had passed. And I could find one x-ray and a hat that said, kiss my bass. 
That's all the evidence I could find. And that's where I started putting together the case. Okay. Putting together a a case that has been languishing is very hard to do. But this prosecutor is doing it, Wendy. That's right. We we often say cases, unlike fine wine, do not improve with age, especially when you have all, all kinds of evidence from different places that need to be put together. But when we warm up cold cases like we did here, with a fresh set of eyes, with fresh motivation, as we saw from this prosecutor, it often leads to the determination of maybe even additional forensic evidence we didn't know we could obtain back then. Because while cases might not improve, forensics have, and we've mentioned DNA. There are so many different ways that you can take these facts, put them back together. This actually case, this wasn't that old, thankfully, and breathe new life into it to be able to put the facts together as has been done here to provide some justice for the victim's family. I'm looking at the faces of these six pagan outlaws, and I guarantee you, I guarantee you, Wendy Patrick, one, at least one of them doesn't want to go down for life without parole. And that's going to be the crack, Wendy. You've got six people looking square in the camera at their mugshots. And if it were me, I would start with 35-year-old Tabitha Chapman. She looks weak. The other woman is the wife, the paymaster that Chuck Roberts told me about, that would make the $20,000 at, at a clip deliveries she ran the money side of this uh, drug ring no I, I i i would send her to jail for life without parole but there's six to pick from there's no no way i would let off the people key in her murder but if somebody would crack you only need one you just need one am i right wendy one witness you're right And your analysis is right on the money, too. you got to look at each one individually, their level of culpability, how likely it is they'll cooperate with you, and what they can give you evidence-wise. You know, there's no sense flipping somebody that doesn't have evidence powerful enough to help you make Mm -hmm. your case. All you do is you're giving somebody a lighter sentence, but you're not getting anything in return. That's the dance the prosecutor is going to have to do with each of these defense attorneys is how can they strategize a result that's a win-win as much as can be expected under the circumstances. I would not take a cheap plea on this bunch. The husband would definitely go down for life without parole. Sadly, there's no death penalty in New Jersey. That was abolished by the governor in, I guess, 2007. So I guess you can just kill as many people as you want to in New Jersey. and You don't have to worry about the electric chair or the needle. I'm waiting for justice to unfold. And this is another thing I learned, Wendy, which you may have experienced too. You know, when I first started prosecuting, I thought, I'm going to get the bad guy. I'm going to put him in jail. I'm going to fix this. This is really fairly soon after my fiance's murder. And somehow by fixing other people's problems, it kind of helped me fix mine. But it was really just a Band-Aid because every time I would get a conviction and a jury would convict, I'd turn around. Nobody was happy, Wendy. This daughter is not going to be happy even if Kaufman is convicted. She doesn't have her mother, Wendy. Yeah, you know, there, there's a measure of closure that comes with, with conviction and with even with arrest because she's been she's known for years that he was guilty is, is her story. But it doesn't bring him back. 
And, you know, her emotional words are touching. They're, you know, they really, our hearts break with her as she recounts how she's been waiting for years. But at the very least, she has the the knowledge and the comfort of knowing that he didn't get away with it. And Nancy, that is part of the healing process, is knowing, as I said earlier, justice delayed has not been justice denied for her. It doesn't bring her mom back, but does give her the comfort that her stepfather didn't get away with it. He may have been very comfortable in, in his practice, made a lot of money. He's certainly not comfortable now in a jail cell. Tell it. Tell it, sister. Here's the thing. Another thing it does, a prosecution, is it makes you know you're not alone, that somebody cared enough to fight for you, to do the right thing, to not give up. And in those moments of despair, loneliness, grief, bereavement, that is a consolation that somebody else cares enough to fight. I want you to hear Kim Pack, her daughter. I have a lot of mixed emotions inside, but I am going to the police work to the prosecutor's office um, and allow them to do what they need to do without really speaking too much or giving my opinion or interjecting um, how I really feel. Um, I just want them to do whatever it is in their capacity that they need to do to get this murder solved so that I can get my life um, back and move on with my life and look up to my mom and just say, Mom, I did everything I could for you, um, but now it's time for me to figure out what's next for my life. Nancy Grace, Crime Story, signing off. Goodbye, friend. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Zen nicotine pouches deliver nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime, which means Zen pairs well with you, your personality, your schedule, and your spontaneity. Zen fits easily into your bag, pocket, and into your life because it's smoke-free, hands-free, and hassle-free. So the only person who will know you have a Zen pouch in is you. Visit Zen.com or head to your local convenience store today to find your Zen. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. 
Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.